What's going on and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to hear you out, listen to your questions and pray with them and eventually respond to them in a way that I hope is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. The reality of is this is that your life and my life, our lives are so messy and there's not always a clear answer to our problems that we're going through. And so sometimes we struggle with knowing what is God's will for me right now with what I'm going through in my life family's going through what does God want me to do how does God want me to respond how is God calling me to be a saint in this particular situation and so my desire is to just accompany you to accompany you to toward Jesus so that Jesus can reveal to us what he desires right here right now in this season of our life Uh, the way the show goes is you send me your questions. I'll respond to three to five questions per episode, ranging from everything from Catholic morality to justice, spirituality, prayer, relationships, apologetics, catechesis, evangelization, all that stuff. Uh, we, we're going to talk about all those different topics, and hopefully it's going to help you uh, to go deeper with Jesus. That's, that's the goal is to go into a deeper intimacy with Christ. I cannot promise you that all my answers are going to be best. I, I can promise you that I actually I do pray with your questions. and I do study and spend time with them. But you know what? I'm broken. I'm imperfect. And so I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, let me know. Like, I don't care. Let me know. Correct me. Critique me. Purify me. Like, be used as a member of the body of Christ to help me become the best saint I could be. Reject it, though, too. If I'm wrong, reject what I'm saying. If it's not going to help you become a saint, reject it. And only accept that which is from the Lord. I want to accept that which is coming from the heart of the church that can be used to uh, be a bridge for you to go into a deeper relationship with Christ to help you abide in Jesus and remain in Jesus in this life and, and thus for all eternity. Uh, you can hit me up with your questions if you're a first-time listener at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Uh, you can also comment and critique me that way as well. And you can also please Please do this, rate us and review us on iTunes. That helps other people find out about the show. If it's helpful for you, then by rating us and reviewing us, more people find out about the show. If it's not helpful for you, then just ignore us. Ignore me. Act like I'm that, that friend that you used to hang out with when you were younger, and then you see me at the supermarket, and you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to him, and then you walk the other way, and then I call your name, and then you start running. <laughs> I'm joking. That's what I do to people now. <laughs> I'm serious. If I don't like, if I don't want to talk to you, I'm like, man, not not today, not today, not today. Uh, I ain't doing it. So, uh, yeah, man, the collar makes me pretty easy to find though. So, uh, yeah, so today's topics for today's show, we're going to talk about hormone replacement therapy. We're going to talk about 30 years since last confession, and we're going to talk about our souls and and when do our souls come into existence? Uh, so before we get into those really cool topics we're gonna we're gonna jump into a glory story a glory story this week comes from uh just going through my, my journal and and reflecting on just past experiences with the lord years ago I, I got to go to uh i was privileged to go to this place called medjugorje which i know that's like a hot topic for people especially catholics like wait medjugorje are you showing support blah 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 whatever so no uh, medjugorje the place is just um an anointed place um have you ever gone to a place where it's just super easy to pray uh, whether it's in america or in your maybe it's your, your kitchen or your living room maybe it's a particular adoration chapel um but every now and then there's this places that are just 
super conducive for prayer. And so I've, I've actually been in Medjugorje three times. And uh, and every time I've gone, it's been so beautiful just the way it's it's easy to go to go there with Jesus. Now, whether or not the visionary is legit or not, like that's that's not what this, this show's about. Uh, that's up for the church to discern. I trust the church's wisdom on that, and, and they might be legit, they might not be legit. And if they're not legit, then we pray for them. If they are legit, then we pray for them, right? But the purposes of, of this glory story is the place, the actual place where God's grace is. Because God is, remember, he's everywhere, so he's also there too, right? And, uh, and I remember I was praying on Apparition Hill, and uh, first of all, a number of really cool things happened there. Like, they're, they're not, like, necessary for salvation, but, like, they did have some cool things happen. Like, the sun did dance. Um, and I did smell roses during the alleged apparitions, and so those are some kind of cool things. But that's not that's neither here nor there. I am not giving my approval of the visionaries. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying facts, hashtag facts. So, but one of the cool things was whenever I was praying on Apparition Hill, I um, there's this crucifix there, and I remember just being drawn to the crucifix. And there was just a lot of stuff going on. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, there's just a lot of stuff going on out there, external things happening, broken relationships, a lot of drama, a lot of burdens that we carry, you and I carry. And at this point, I was just carrying a lot of stuff from a lot of people out there. And also inside, there was a lot of stuff going on, just confronting, being confronted with my own brokenness, my own woundedness. And and so there's stuff going on out there, in there, and, and I just... I walked up to this crucifix, which is why I love how we have crucifixes everywhere because it's so much easier to be able to, you know, go to Jesus that way. And, and I went to this crucifix, and I remember just being drawn to the feet of Christ on the crucifix, which St. Bernard, Bernard or Bernard, I don't know how you say it. If you're from New Orleans, it's, it's uh, Bernard. Uh, but if you're not, you might say Bernard of Clairvaux. He has some really great writings on the feet of Jesus and how that represents like humility and like you go from the feet of Jesus to the hands of Jesus to the to the lips of Jesus uh, as as the three stages of the spiritual life: purgation, um, uh, illumination, and then the, the total union with with God. But um, but yes, yeah, so I was drawn to the feet of Jesus in the midst of all this stuff, and I remember the the Will Reagan song coming to my heart, uh, where he sings. And I, yeah, I know I'm not. A, I can't sing well, but you know I love to sing, so I'm gonna do it anyway. But he says, "There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love set a fire down in my soul." And I remember just singing those words to Jesus, and by focusing on Jesus, and that's what one of the gifts of praise and worship. I mean, it has its place in the, in, in the church, um, and. Just by singing those words, I was able to temporarily take my eyes off of the mess out there and in there in my heart and in the world and just completely be focused on Christ. And whenever I was focused completely on Christ, I was I was just in peace. It was this profound peace by just being able to be drawn to Christ. And then I remember just how that has been a tool that I've been able to use throughout my ministry, particularly whenever I was a chaplain at LSU. And students who go through stuff all the time, like breakups and makeups, and 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 they would come to me, and sometimes they would vent, and and I would just say, let's just let's pray right now, and they're like, but father, I, I want advice. I'm like, yeah, okay, I hear you, you want advice, but let's just pray right now. Like that's my advice is let's pray, and then we would just spend an hour in prayer, 
and we would just sing to the Lord. We would sing praise and worship songs, or we would do whatever, go to adoration and focus on Jesus. Then afterwards, they're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so much more at peace right now. How did that happen? And it happened because we turned our eyes away from our stuff, and we focused on Jesus. Um, and this speaker, a speaker one time said at a conference, uh, Steubenville, I spoke at, no, it was, oh, gosh, what was this? It was Steubenville Encounter, maybe, the Young Adult Steubenville Conference I spoke at last Last year in Atlanta, yeah, it was Steubenville Young Adult Conference in, in Atlanta. No, not Atlanta, in Georgia. It was at a Life Team camp somewhere, wherever that's at. <laughs> Shout out to Life Team. Shout out to Steubenville. Love both of y'all. But, uh, but I spoke at the Steubenville Conference, and one of the other speakers said something that was very profound. He said to the, to the people that came, he said, look, I know all of y'all are going through some stuff right now, and you're, you're carrying a lot of baggage, and, and everything that you're carrying and that you're going through right now is very real, and I want to reverence that. Um, but... I just want to invite you to to not to not look at all that stuff this weekend, to not dwell on all that stuff. He said, is, is it real? Yeah. Do we reverence it? Yeah. But you know what else is real? The sun. The sun is also real. And we don't look at the sun. Why? Because if we look at the sun, we're going to hurt ourselves. And so if we continue to focus on all this stuff, we're just, we're just going to hurt ourselves as well. And, and so don't focus on this stuff, but focus on Jesus. And so I don't know what you're going through right now. But if you are going through stuff right now in your relationships and your family and, and work and school, and I just want to invite you to reverence the reality that all that stuff is real. The stuff out there and in there, it's all real. But try your best to just focus on Jesus, maybe for like 15 minutes today. Maybe even right now. Press pause if you're like, I don't know, running or in the car or doing chores around the house. Just pause like 15 minutes and, and focus on Jesus. And maybe listen to some praise and worship music or some Gregorian chant or some gospel music. Oh, there's this gospel song by this dude, uh, uh, Trey McLaughlin. It's called uh, Jesus, Precious Jesus. Wait, uh, Jesus, Jesus. <clears throat> oh, how wonderful is your love for me. Oh, 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 Jesus, hey, Jesus. Uh, anyways, Precious Jesus. It's such a good song. Yeah, so gospel music too. Man, gospel music is so good. That's like the most underrated music in the church today. If you don't listen to gospel music, God bless you, because you are missing out. And then there's another gospel song I like. It's called, uh, Order My Steps in Your Word. Order My Steps. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's another good song because you order you order our steps, Lord, in your your word, the Bible, and uh, yeah, there's so many. Oh, I need you to wait. Uh, wait. I love. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. Yeah. So, anyways, so music, Gregorian chant, praise and worship, gospel music. Uh, even if you like some of that corny music from the 70s, if that helps you pray, whatever. I can't stand some of that gather him to music from the 70s. Um, come dance in the forest, come play in the fields. That sounds so ridiculous, and some of y'all love that. And you're like, that, but that helps me to pray. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it helps you pray, because I, I, I just don't like this song. <laughs> you see how I'm like all over the place now. What, what was I talking about? A glory story. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so music can help us. To focus on, see, I was so focused on music, I wouldn't even focus on the podcast anymore. I got, it just, it helps us to get out of ourselves and to focus on something else. So, and hopefully that something else is someone else and his name is Jesus. So that's the glory story. Go pray. 
Alright, on to the show. We have these three really good questions, and we're gonna just go into the first one, which is uh, it's a pretty deep question. It's from um, a, uh, a mom. She writes this, uh, and it's about hormone replacement therapy. She says her son wants to begin hormone replacement therapy to transition from a male to a female. I have tried to tell him that it is against what God intended for him. God did not make a mistake when he created him male, but we have a responsibility to our bodies because it is only a temporary dwelling um, for our soul. How can we help him? He says he believes in God and attends Mass on Sunday with us, but does not pray any other time than at church on Sunday. In all caps, you wrote HELP. God bless you. God bless you. So, um, yeah. I, so, okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I took some time and I prayed with um, I prayed with your question. And, yeah, so Sunday's not enough. You know, we got to spend more time with God than just Sunday. And so uh, we have to spend time with God every day. The more time we spend with Jesus throughout the week, the more we're going to be able to understand his will, right? If you, if you only spend an hour with God one day a week, that's just not enough. I mean, it's not enough to be able to to know his will in our heart and to do his will in our actions uh, because there are many other voices that are vying for our attention. So, I mean, um, just in general, before I jump into your question, if, if we allow ourselves to receive stuff from television all day long and certain books and, and certain songs on the radio, that's what's going to form us. And so then when we hear God coming to us with the message saying, I created you male and I, I want you to, to live as a male because you're going to be a male for all eternity in heaven, um, that, that makes sense to us because we're not immersing ourselves in God throughout the week. But the more time we spend with God every day, the more it's a, a lot, um, I guess, chewable. His, 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 his wills, we can actually, we can chew on it, right? So as I prayed for your son, I... I perceive that this is what God might want me to do. And I could be wrong, because remember, I'm not perfect, but I perceive that he actually wants me to talk to your son right now. So if you can invite your son to listen to the podcast, um, I just want to speak to him one-on-one right now, if that's okay with you. Um, And so I just want to say to you right now, my brother, that God loves you so much. You are God's beloved son. You are his beloved son. As as I prayed for you, I was drawn to the baptism of Jesus, where when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin, John the Baptist, the skies opened up and the father, God, our father spoke and he said to Jesus, this is my beloved son. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. At that moment in Jesus's life, he didn't do, um, he didn't begin his ministry. And yet the father said, I'm pleased with you. God the Father, my brother, is looking at you right now. And he's saying, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Not for what you've done or what you haven't done, but for who you are. You are my son. I created you this way. I gave you your body. Your body is a gift. There's nothing wrong with your body. Every part of your body I created. It is all a gift. You don't have to change to be loved by me. You don't have to change to be loved by the world. You don't have to change to receive affirmation or affection from anyone else because you were not created for anyone else 
to approve of you or to affirm you or to acknowledge you. Because I acknowledge you and I affirm you in your masculinity. And I want you to know that I love you, that you are my son. You are my son. That's who you are. Not for what you have or haven't done. You are my son. Because I created you this way. I stand at the door of your heart day and night. Even whenever you're not listening, even whenever you doubt, it could be me. I'm there. And, and my son, I await the smallest sign of your response, even the least whispered invitation that will allow me to enter. I want more time with you. I don't just want to be with you on Sunday. No, I want to be with you on Sunday at Mass. I want you to worship me at Mass. I want you to come. But I want to be with you every day. I want to spend time with you every single day. And I want you to know that whenever you come, whenever you come to me, I'm there with my mercy. I have so much mercy to give to you, to shower upon you. I have so much love for you. As much as the Father has loved me, I've loved you. I speak these words to you in John chapter 15, verse 10. That you are loved. And I want to, I want to be your savior. But to be your savior, you got to give me your stuff. You got to invite me in. I know that you want to be known. I know that you want to be loved. I know you. I know you through and through. I know everything about you. The very hairs of your head I have numbered. You are important to me. There's nothing in your life that is unimportant to me. I've followed you through, throughout the years, and I've always loved you. And even in your wanderings, I've loved you. I know every one of your problems. I know your needs. I know your worries. I know your sins. And I tell you again and again that I love you. Not for what you have or haven't done. I love you for you. I love you for you, for the beauty and dignity my Father gave you by creating you in his own image. Yeah, it's a dignity that you've forgotten often. But I love you as you are. And I've shed my blood for you. I've shed my blood for you. I know it's in your heart right now. I know your loneliness. I know your hurts. I know the rejections. I know the judgments. I know the judgments that you've experienced. I know the feeling of inadequacy. I know the humiliations. I know it all. I experienced rejection. I experienced the judgments. I experienced the humiliations. I carried it all before you, and I carried it all for you so that you might share my victory. I know especially your need for love, how you're thirsting to be loved, how you're thirsting to be cherished. How often have you thirsted in vain, seeking that love selfishly, striving to fill the emptiness inside you with passing pleasures? Do you thirst for love? Then listen to my words I spoke in John chapter 7, verse 37. Come to me, all you who thirst, and I will satisfy you, and I will fill you. I thirst for you. Amen. My son, brother, I just want to encourage you to spend time with Jesus. If you have to listen to this prayer every day, if this is your prayer, 
Um, listen, listen to these words from, from the Lord to you. He loves you so much. You are a necessary member of the body of Christ. And he has placed you in the body of Christ um, as, as a man. Like that's, the, that's the place that he's placed you at. And I, I, I get it that it's, it's, it's hard to understand that right now because of everything that's going on in your heart and your mind. But I promise you, you are an essential member to the body of Christ. And we need you. The church needs you. And we need you to be in the place that God intended you to be, that God placed you there. Because you're going to be able to be a bridge for so many people to encounter the Savior. When we embrace our place, even when it's a difficult place in the body of Christ for us, it not only helps us, but it helps other people. If you thirst to be loved, who else thirsts to be loved? If you thirst to be known, how many other brothers and sisters thirst to be known? And you can be a witness that Christ satisfies, that we don't have to go to these other things of the world to be satisfied, to be fulfilled, but that Christ himself would do it. He will do it. I promise you, he would not call you to be his son. He would not invite you to be this man of God if he would not give you the graces to fulfill your destiny. So I love you, my brother, and I'm praying for you and fasting for you. And uh, you're not alone. You are not alone. The grace of the Lord is with you. And so, yeah, maybe you can uh, hit me up at Ask Father Joshua to Sister Press. Dot com and just send me a personal message and I'll respond to you and we'll continue the dialogue. All right, what do y'all think? Do you have any additional advice for this for this mother um, and for my brother who I just prayed with? Uh, write me at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to dive into our final two questions. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascensionpresents. That's youtube.com slash ascensionpresents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. Just a quick reminder that you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. And you can also rate us and review us uh, on iTunes. This helps other people find out about the gift of the show. So please do that. All right. Next question is about confession. This is my confession. It's been a long time. So this person says it's been 30 years since my last confession. Uh, Chris writes this. I've not been to confession in over 30 years. My question is, when I return soon for confession, praise God, do I go through all of the sins I've committed over 30 years? I could imagine that would take a long time. Uh, how should I, I was about to sing a song, Chris, that's why I paused for a second and I couldn't think of the song to sing. How should I prepare to confess 30 years of sins? Over the past 20 years, I've tried to live a more faithful life, praise God. But if you can imagine, as most college kids and young adults, I've made a lot of bad decisions, as have I, as have most of the saints, and was nowhere near a perfect child of God. Hey, the only perfect child was uh, Jesus and Mary, right? Uh, I'm just looking for some thoughts on how to best prepare for this. So great, great question, um, Chris. So uh, some tools that you can use for a good confession. First of all, if you want to go on YouTube um, and type in Father Mike Schmidt's confession, he actually has some pretty good resources on YouTube uh, that will help you out with that confession, your first confession in 30 years. 
Um, also, you can Google examination of conscience, and you can see different examination of consciences based on the Ten Commandments, on the seven deadly sins that are out there, ten, uh, confession for people who are, are married, couples, and stuff like that. Those could be helpful resources to you as well. Uh, I guess you might be wondering, okay, but how much do I say? Well, pray and ask God after you've spent adequate amount of time with these examination of consciences um, to just remind you the number and the kind of the sins. And so there might be sins that you can say to yourself, well, Father, like, I don't know the, the number. So, okay, well, if you don't know the, the number, then just say, hey, look, you know, I, um, for instance, you, you might say I, I stole as a, as a teenager. I stole a lot throughout my life. And it was, it was definitely more than 10 times. It was probably less than 100, but I don't know. It's somewhere between there, right? I don't know how many times, but I just know I stole a lot. Um, I had sex outside of marriage um, with five different women. And I, I don't know how many times I had sex, Father. It was it was a lot, you know, whatever. Um, it was a lot. So, um, or you know, I I gossiped on one occasion. You know, I gossiped. Remember, gossips. A lot of times, people don't recognize gossips a pretty serious sin too, because um, we're offending the body of Christ. James chapter three uh, makes us aware of how how serious gossip is. So, I gossiped one time in my life, Father. I lied a number of times. You know, I, I was prideful and vain in my appearance. I was concerned with the opinions of others. Uh, I, I didn't go to Mass on more Sundays than I can remember, than I can count. Uh, so probably I missed Mass for two years or something like that, right? But, so like, if you can't give the exact, then try to just give a, an overall. Um, but, but definitely say the kind of sin it was. So don't just say, I committed lust. What does that mean? That can mean a number of things. That can mean a thought came into your mind. That can mean you did something with yourself. You did something with someone else. Um, it can mean a number of things. So be, be more specific and say what it was, um, I gave in to, um, you know, premarital sex. And so be, but don't be so specific as to say what happened. I, don't tell, tell the priest, oh, and then I did this, and then I did that. Like, we don't need the details of the encounter because that's not necessary, um, if, if that makes sense. So, yeah, and then at the end of your confession, after you've confessed everything, um, then just end it by saying for anything else I can't remember. And if something comes up later in life where you're like, oh, man, there was another really big mortal sin I committed that I forgot to confess. You just go back to confession and confess it again later, right? Uh, so God bless you, brother. I'm so happy that you're coming back to the confessional. Uh, Jesus Christ gave us this gift in the sacred scriptures. He breathed on the apostles. And he said to the apostles, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. And he gave them that, that, that gift to, to bind on earth, and what is bound on earth is bound in heaven. What is loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So it's a gift that is in the church that you are about to receive, and it's going to be so awesome. All of heaven is rejoicing right now, man. Chris, all of heaven is rejoicing. All the angels are so excited. All the saints are just praising God right now for the gift of your transformation that you're going through. And, uh, and I'm praying for you as well, brother. On to our final question. It's about the soul. This question comes from Paul. Paul writes this, are our souls created by God at conception? Were our souls created by God before we were conceived? Should we take Jeremiah number one, chapter one, verse five, literally? Um, yeah, so first of all, uh, as far as like Jeremiah one, five, like God knew us, right? He knew us um, because like, I guess the best way to describe this, <laughs> God, please protect me from heresy, um, is that 
if I were to, this is this is why analogies always fail. So I'm about to try an analogy, and if it's, it's if it's heresy, ah, just pray for me. <laughs> but like, so like, say if I'm gonna like paint something on a canvas, I know what I'm gonna paint before I paint it. Um, does it actually, in fact, exist? Though, no, it does not exist. But I know it because it's in my mind. And so all of us, like God knows all of us before he created any of us because he's God. He, he, he knows everything. But we did not exist in heaven or in some other realm before conception. Um, so our church teaches that the soul does not exist before, before our bodies exist. So, yeah, we weren't out there floating around. And hanging out with God in his bubbles, that's just, nope, not real. Um, so wh- where can we go to learn more about conception and when the soul is there? Well, we go to the church's teaching. Remember, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the one who gave us the Bible. The church is the way that God gives us the sacraments. The church is where God also forms us in our intellect. So in um, the 1950s, Pope Pius XII wrote this really cool encyclical called Humanae Generis. And in there, he stated that the Catholic faith obliges to hold that souls are immediately created by God. Okay, so God creates souls. And then how do we go deeper into this? So to your question, we go back to the church and we look at other documents and we see the gift that St. John Paul the Great left us um, in his encyclical letter, Evangelium Vitae. Uh, paragraph 60. And this is what he says. Some people try to justify abortion. This is why it's important to know that the soul, that the soul is created um, at conception, right? Um, whenever, whenever it's a person, a person's a person when there's a body and a soul. And there, if, if you are just a body, you're a corpse. You're not a person. If you're just a soul, um, the, the per, you're, you're, you're a soul. <laughs> a person, a human person is body and soul. Okay, so this is St. John Paul II writes, he says, some people try to justify abortion by claiming that the result of conception, at least up to a certain number of days, cannot yet be considered a personal human life. But in fact, from the time that the ovum is fertilized, so the ovum is fertilized, a life is begun, which is neither that of the father nor the mother, it is rather the life of a new human being with his own growth. It would never be made human if it were not human already. This has always been clear in modern genetic science, offers clear confirmation. So, from the time the ovum is fertilized, yeah, soul, body, bam. Hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> so yeah, so that's our um, that's our show for today. So this brings us to the end of today's show. So regardless of what your circumstances are, here are some things that I think we can all take away from today's uh, show. Let's go from the bottom to the top uh, when it comes to questions about theology. Go to the catechism, go to the scriptures, go to the encyclicals, that many of our saintly holy fathers have written throughout the years. When it comes to um, confession, uh, just go to examination of consciences and spend time with them um, and and take advantage of the resources that we have in our media today with YouTube and with Google. Um, Father Mike Schmitz has some great resources on the confessional as well. And so um, certainly take advantage of that. And then when it comes to hormone replacement therapy, recognize that we don't have to change to be desired. We don't have to change to be wanted. We don't have to change to be loved. The Jesus Christ is sufficient and God is enough. And God will, God will show us if we give him the time in prayer that, um, that he will satisfy us beyond any transformation of our body. Because if he created us one way, that's the way that he intends for us to be. 
um, even if the modern world is telling us something different. So the more time we spend in prayer, the more we're going to be open to God's, God's will. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to invite us to, to pray a prayer called the Litany of Trust that was written by uh, the Sisters of Life. Um, from the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and your presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me and sustaining me and loving me, Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to you, your own will bear fruit in this life and in the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphaned. That you are with your church. You're present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you would teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you that you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you, that I'm your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, y'all, that's the end of today's show. Don't forget to hit me up at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes, and I will see you next week.